have the reading of the text this morning. Uh, it's going to be out of Habakkuk chapter 3. And um, the, the first verse of chapter 3 says that this is a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigionoth. And Shigionoth, it's debatable about what that actually means. Some thinks it, think it's a type of psalm. Uh, some think it's a particular instrument. And if you actually see at the end of chapter 3, this whole section, it says to the choir master with a stringed instrument. So all of chapter 3 is actually going to be like a, a psalm, a prayer. And so what Eric's going to do for us, he's going to start in verse 2 there, and he's going to actually read this for us. We're going to read the whole thing together, or he's going to read the whole thing, you're just going to follow along. But we're going to read the whole thing because, again, you can't really break up this prayer, this psalm. So he's going to read it, and, what, and Roy's actually going to do is, Roy's actually going to kind of just kind of strum a little bit, because again, this is supposed to be to, to a stringed instrument. So if you'd go ahead and do that, I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Let's go ahead and pray together. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to be in your 
house today. We're thankful to be together today. Lord, as we just heard Eric read Habakkuk's prayer to us, Lord, my earnest desire is that this is our prayer today. Lord, as we're going to work through this this prayer, I ask now for Your Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill each one of us, to fill me, that I may communicate what is true, that we would be able to understand this text together. And Lord, that again, by the power of Your Spirit, You would help us to apply it to our lives today. Lord, if through this there's someone who doesn't know You, I pray they'd cry out to You today for salvation. You are holy, and You are good. You are powerful, and You know everything, and You know our hearts, and You know what we need. Please encourage us today from Your Word. We beg of You, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, we're coming down to the end of the book of Habakkuk. And for some of you, you're probably like, yes, finally, we can move on. (laughs) Hopefully that's not too many of you. But it's been a good journey with Habakkuk thus far, and I want to refresh your memory just real quick because we're going to try to finish this up today. And I know some of you are thinking, good gosh, you preach for like 40 minutes on three verses. How are we going to get through 19? By God's grace, hopefully. (laughs) George is sweating already. No, but um, if you remember, again, Habakkuk had an original complaint against the Lord. He had a complaint ultimately that said, God, why is there so much evil all around us? How long, O Lord, do I have to wait for you to answer my plea to you? How long do we have to wait before you will take out the evil around us? And we said again that this is among God's people. And so the and it links to us today. How long, O Lord, will you wait before the evil around us in this church And other churches, how long, O Lord, until you'll do something about it? And his response to Habakkuk, of course, was, oh, I'm doing something, I'm doing something you can't even understand. I'm raising up an evil nation to come and judge my people. And we said again that ultimately that means whatever God is going to do in our church or in the church across the world today, we may not like it. It may be painful. And it could include ISIS marching up the street. But whatever the Lord would do is His choice. So then Habakkuk responded with, wait, God, this, this can't be the plan. This, this can't be the plan. You can't take a nation who's more evil than we are and use them to judge us. No, God, you're, you're, you're holy. You're good. You know everything. You're all-powerful. And you're wrong. This cannot be what you're doing. So I'm going to stand and I'm going to wait to hear something different from you, God. Well, the Lord responds, and what's interesting is He responds, and if you'll remember, He talks about the righteous who live by faith, and He talks about those who are not righteous, specifically talking about the Babylonians who He was was raising up, and He goes through and He explains these five woes that we looked at, and these woes, some of these things apply to us today. But the Babylonians in particular were taking things that were not their own and we compared the Babylonians to the one who is ultimately righteous, which is Jesus. 
Babylonians taking things that weren't theirs, Jesus owns everything and gives it to us freely. Woe to him who gets evil gain and cuts himself off from many peoples. Well, again, God is good. Jesus is always good. And he, instead of cutting himself off from everybody, he offers himself as a sacrifice for everybody. The third woe that we looked at is woe to him who builds a town or a city or a church or a reputation or anything with blood. And what's interesting, especially the blood of others, but what's interesting is God's building a kingdom off of the blood of His Son, the ultimate righteous person. We then looked at woe to them who, have, who bring shame on their neighbors through alcohol and other things. And again, Jesus the righteous one is the one who scorns the shame, takes our shame on the cross. The last was idols, which we talked about last week. Woe to him who has idols. And we looked at that we have idols all around and we have to continually battle against our idols and worship the one true God. So that's God's response. And, and, and after God responds with those five woes and what He's doing and, and, and what righteousness looks like, the last verse was, but the Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before Him. And that takes us into this passage. So just walk through it today. Now some of this I will go and I'll read each verse like we tend to do. But again, remember this is a psalm. This is a prayer. And so I'm going to have to basically take some chunks and we'll read through them, but then they, they summarize into a point. Okay? And as we're going through, if you'll remember, I said that when bad times come, one of the earlier sermons in Habakkuk, when bad times come, when things we don't understand come, and we start to doubt God, it's for three reasons. One of the three reasons, or all of them, we either doubt His goodness, His holiness, or we doubt that maybe He doesn't know everything. Surely you can't let this happen if you know everything. Or we doubt His, his power. Maybe you know about it, and maybe you're good, but you can't seem to do anything about it. Those are the three things that we, one of those three things we tend to doubt when things are going poorly. A lot of times it's His goodness that we doubt. Just at a funeral yesterday for Shelley's mother, as many of you know, Miss Nelda, you know what her last words were to her daughter? God is good. You say that when you're suffering and about to die, then you, you get it. So, I want you to keep those three things in mind, and as we read through the text together, as I explain some things, I want you to look for, hey, that's God's power. That looks like knowledge. That looks like His goodness or his holiness, okay? So again, verse 1 in chapter 3, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shigionoth. Again, that's just the instrument there. This is Habakkuk's prayer. Verse 2, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. What seems to have happened here is Habakkuk, he was doubting God. Do you remember? He was doubting what God was doing, and somehow he either this jogged his memory from the past of what he's heard about God before in the temple perhaps, or he went and studied up a little bit. Because as God explained what he was going to do in, to the Babylonians, now all of a sudden Habakkuk's response is, Oh Lord, I've heard the report of you and your work. Oh Lord, do I fear. first question I would just have for us to observe is, do we know about the Lord and His work? And do we have a healthy fear of the Lord? I honestly think sometimes, friends, that we just make, we make God small. 
He's going to remind us in this passage of how big he is. But what's interesting is even though Habakkuk fears it, look what he says, in the midst of the years, right now, in my time, Lord, revive it. Revive what? Your work that I fear, that I humbly respect. Lord, whatever you're going to do, revive it. Do it now like you've done it in the past, no matter what that means. He says revive it. But notice what he says, in the years make it known, but he ends it with, but in your wrath, Remember mercy. And the encouragement I want to tell you this morning is that our God never forgets mercy. But He does pour out His wrath. So let's continue. So this is again where it's going to get poetic. So just listen along. uh, Verse 3. God came from Taman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Ultimately, this is just saying God came up from the south. This is where these places are located. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of His praise. Again, think about His goodness, His power, His knowledge. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from His hand, and there He veiled His power. Again, you cannot see God in His full glory with His full power. We would just be consumed and destroyed. These flashes are probably lightning that are coming out, which is again, lightning... Last couple days, shaking your house. This is the type of holiness of God. Before him went, verse 5, pestilence and plague followed at his heels. As he would take the, the, the nation of Israel, as he would bring them into the promised land, part of what he would do is he would use these type of things, pestilence, he would use plagues, to wipe out the people before them. To wipe out the nations they had to battle. Fighting their fights for them. God can use anything to accomplish His purposes. He stood and He measured the earth. And just picture He's big, just over the whole earth. He looked and shook the nations. Do you see how awesome He is? Like, I've got to look. Like when the kids have done something wrong, I've got a decent look. I think they know it, right? See if I can mimic it now. They haven't done anything wrong, but... (laughs) Right? I've got a look, and they kind of go, oh, we better stop. Heather's got a look. (laughs) It doesn't quite shake the nations, but it shakes the house. But the Lord is so powerful and holy that He has a look and the nations tremble. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. Mountains, look at those. How can they move? How can they obey Him? His were the everlasting ways. Of that. You can try to go to anything else to get your answers. And guess what? Science is always changing their ideas about this or that. Psychology is always changing. This is what will help your kids. This is what will help your family. Go turn on your television. Go around. Find worldly wisdom. Because the foolishness of God is greater 
than the greatest wisdom on the earth, which God ultimately is not foolish. But what that's saying is, go to the one whose ways are everlasting. That's who you go to. He knows everything. Verse 7, I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did trouble, did tremble. Again, these are some tribes, most, most likely that Moses was interacting with some Arab tribes. Again, in the Lord's holiness and awesomeness, they tremble before him. Verse 8, now Habakkuk starts asking some questions. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers, your indignation against the sea? Can you get pictures of things in Scripture? Maybe when they were leaving Egypt, and the Lord ultimately through Moses, he, he parts the sea. Miracles at the Jordan River. God would do anything for His people and for His glory. And so it looks like the way He's treating even the rivers, He must be angry against them. Because look what it says. Were you against the rivers? Were you against the sea when you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation? Do you realize that the Lord gets on a chariot? Now again, remember the time. Right now, if I'm like, hey, the Lord's coming on a chariot, you'd be like, yeah. Could have picked something a little faster. No, at that time, there was nothing better. Nothing stronger, nothing faster. So the idea is, The Lord coming quickly for your salvation for you. That's how much He loves you. And rivers will not stop Him. Mountains will not stop Him. Nothing will stop Him because of His love for you. He's coming quickly for you. You strip the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. Again, maybe lightning. Commentators don't really know exactly what this is saying. It's poetry. It's prayer. It's psalms. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. Look at this. The deep of the waters, just think, deep, deep, deep. It lifted its hands on high. Even all the way down in the deep praises our God. That's how powerful He is. That's how awesome He is. Habakkuk starting to get it. Habakkuk starting to get it. The sun and the moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. Do you remember that battle? Joshua, the Lord actually... Just stop right there. Let's have a few more hours in the day for my people. He will stop the sun if needed for you. That's how much He loves us. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. Why? Because they were against His people. He goes through and He's wiping them out. You went out, listen to this verse 13, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. The reason He's doing it again, He receives glory through this, but it's for the salvation of His people. He went out before them all through the time that Israel was going around, leaving Egypt, all these different stories that he's alluding to here. 
but also realize when it says he went out for the salvation of his people, that also means talking about that anointed one, Jesus, went out of heaven for the salvation of his people. He didn't leave us here. He loves us enough to give up the riches, the splendor, the majesty, and he puts those aside so he can come and pursue us. And that is exactly why, if we're being pursued by God in such a way that we can be saved when we don't deserve it, should it really be that hard to pursue one another? We pursue one another in the church, and those who don't know Jesus yet, we go and pursue them. Just like what Brother Doug was reading when, about Isaiah. Isaiah has the same response. If you're getting this Habakkuk, Job, Isaiah, it's a continual theme. They have issues in their heart with God, perhaps. And then he reveals to them how awesome he is and what salvation looks like. And they respond with brokenness. Woe is me. I'm undone or I'm lost. Habakkuk's in the same realm. But then if you notice what what Brother Doug read, God says, who's going to go for us? Who shall we send? Isaiah says, Here I am, send me. We go to pursue the nations. We go to pursue our neighbors. We pursue one another because God is a a God who pursues us. Listen to this. You crush the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Now where's the shame at? It's on those who are wicked. You pierced him with his own arrows, the heads of his warriors. God's so powerful, He can even use their own weapons against themselves. Who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. Listen to this. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. Do you hear God's power, His knowledge, His holiness throughout that? Habakkuk, the same thing that he was questioning earlier. After this conversation with God, he's getting it right. Now remember that he actually was questioning God, doubting God's goodness, I think. Now look at what he says in verse 16. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness has entered into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Does he seem terrified? Absolutely. Because it's all hitting him now. I was questioning This God? This is the God I was questioning. The one who's done all these amazing things. I'm undone. I'm lost. This is where we need to be. This is where we need to be when we are questioning the goodness of God, the power of God, the knowledge of God. We're saying, God, you're getting this one wrong. No, we want to end up where Habakkuk does with a gentle reminder That we are nothing and He is everything. And we deserve nothing but hell and death. And He gives us everything in Christ Jesus. So Habakkuk is shaking. He's trembling. The line that he was was crossing, speaking out against the Lord, but now he gets it. That's the point. When When we cry out against God, do we come to repentance? And Habakkuk has come to repentance. Now look at this, verse 16. Remember, he was asking questions. He was saying things. Now what will he do? Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. He knows what the Lord is going to do to the Babylonians. He's not even saying, God, stop it anymore. 
He's saying, I will quietly wait because I trust in You to bring Your judgment on those who invade us. Quietly waiting, patiently. Heather and I were talking about this and Heather laughed and she said, goodness, that's tough. Someone who's against me, someone who wants to hurt us, I don't quietly wait for the Lord to take care of them. I want to handle it. Quietly, patiently wait for God. He will do it. Last things. Listen to how Habakkuk rejoices in God. Though the fig tree should not blossom. Is that a problem? If you have fig trees, is it a problem that they're not blossoming? Yes or no? Yes, thank you. The produce of the olive fail. Problem? Nor fruit on the, be on the vines. Just before that. Problem? And the fields yield no food. Problem? Yes. The flock be cut off from the fold. Problem? And there be no herd in the stalls. Problem? Though I don't have my job anymore. Though I don't have enough income. We don't have insurance. The doctor said it's bad. It's cancer. Something else. My best friend betrayed me. People are gossiping about me. All those possible bad things. That's what this is saying. Basically, everything's getting taken away. This is their way of life. All their food, everything they have. They're going to starve, perhaps. But look at what Habakkuk ends with, you guys. This is incredible. Verse 18, Habakkuk gets it. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes me, He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. I promise you this. Listen carefully to me. I promise you this. If you seek to find joy or get your strength from things outside of God, if you seek to find your joy in your circumstances around you, you will never truly have joy. You will never truly have joy. If you're looking for strength other places in other people, I promise you that strength will fail. It will fail. But if you go to God, cry out to Jesus, ask for His strength, ask for His joy, He's the one, the everlasting one who never changes. So you will always have joy. You will always have strength. It's always there for you. Habakkuk has gone from an impatient prophet who's complaining to God to a man who can say, if everything else is gone, I will rejoice in You because You are the God of my salvation. And my prayer is that you have this type of relationship with God. That if everything else goes, you will still praise and rejoice. I want to end with, if, you'll, if you've noticed, on the front of the cover of our bulletins, we had Habakkuk, and the subtitle there was Praise in the Waiting. 
praise and the waiting. And that's what we've been getting to. I don't know what you might be waiting for right now in life. I don't know what's going on. I'm guessing pretty much everyone in here has problems. If you don't, wow. (laughs) Good for you. It's coming probably starting tomorrow. You'll probably have problems. Every one of us has problems. Every one of us are waiting probably on something to happen, someone to come and settle an issue we have with one another. Maybe you're waiting on doctor's results. Maybe you're waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for, but listen carefully. Learn from Habakkuk. Praise God in the waiting because He is good all the time. He is holy. He is powerful. He knows everything. And He is really, really big. And we are really, really small. And yet He still loves us. Let's pray together. God, we're really, we're really thankful that we could go through this book, Lord. We're thankful of the gift of the, the book of Habakkuk. Lord, we're thankful that You put stories in Scripture like this so that way we know that we're not the only ones that are like this. That every one of us question Your goodness or Your power or Your knowledge or something at some point, Lord, and You continually are gracious and slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness towards us and you patiently correct us as you did with Habakkuk and you bring him along to where he's a man who can praise you if everything goes away. I pray for my family here today. I pray that they could be a people that will praise you in the waiting. And even if what they're waiting on doesn't turn out the way that they hoped it would. If everything's going away, Lord, I, I pray that they will still find joy in the God of their salvation. And Lord, if there's any in here who have not cried out to You for salvation, are there any in here who do not understand Jesus' perfect life, His sacrificial death on the cross in our place for our sins? And how after three days You rose Him from the dead. You, you resurrected Him, Lord, to show that He is... His sacrifice was acceptable and that He had defeated sin, Satan, and death. He had appeased Your wrath. Lord, I pray if anyone is not really trusted in that, that they would trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord, help us to be like Habakkuk and repent of anything else and praise You in the waiting. In Jesus' name, Amen.